Welcome to Creativity Focus, a live video podcast where we interview an artist and their art every single week. And today is no different. I have a very special guest and you're going to fall in love with her work. But before we talk to her, a few announcements. So this is live for a reason. We love to have you here and we love your comments and questions. So at any point when you feel like asking a question to my guest or giving your two cents about the topic, why not do it? Whatever you're watching, there is either a comment box or a chat box close to you, either below the video or beside the video. So use that box to communicate with my guest and I'll get here on my computer and I will be able to ask her directly so she can ask, uh, she can answer directly to you. Also, it's very important for us that you take a second and share this podcast. This is content only. Nobody is going to try to sell anything. So it's safe for you to put on your page, to put on groups that you belong to, to spread the word on social media. So if you take a second and do that, makes a huge difference for us. As it does when you give us a like, some hearts, uh, comments, because that's how social media decides, okay, should I be showing this to other people or not? So when you take that little second and you do that, it makes a huge impact in what we do here. Don't forget that we come every single week with a different artist and the purpose of this podcast is really to you know, show the world the amazing talent that we have out there and to promote this artist and their art. Okay, my guest today is Tiffany Flanagan. She's an amazing sculptor. She sculpts dogs. Welcome, Tiffany. Thank you. <laughs> it's really cool to have you here. Do you mind if we show some of your sculptures so they can get more in tune with what you create? No, please do. I would love that. Okay. Absolutely. So I'm going to show you three or four pictures and we would love you to tell us which medium you have sculpted that and if there is any backstory or even interesting part of the process in, in that specific piece. Is that okay? That's awesome. Okay. So the first picture, I'm trying to guess which the breed, uh, oh, it's an armature. Yes. Yep. So every sculpture that I do stops with an armature or um, some kind of internal structure. And that's what you use? Yes, yeah, so I use wire on some things. Um, my, all of my animals have wire in them. Um, wire and tin foil. So That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So I, I use the, the tin foil to bulk up the body and the body. put it where I, yeah, put it where I want it to go. Can you see this picture? It's a little pixelated, but is it the horse? It's the horse. Yeah. Okay. So it's the unicorn. Yeah. Oh, the um, unicorn. So, yeah. So you can see it, this is a work in progress. So you can see that the tinfoil is on the bottom. And then I did the wire inside. I actually have that right here. Oh, you have that horse there? I have it. I brought it over just to show you. That's so cool. Can you see it? Mm -hmm. So you can see kind of. I actually used two types of material here. I used the polymer clay, so just the Sculpty uh, beige. And then I used my other item that I use is called Magic Sculpt. Mm -hmm. And it's a two-pot epoxy resin um, clay. And it hardens, it air dries. So it's super hard, it's super durable. So with this piece, I really wanted to make sure that 
the top get a really lot of a uh, lot of detail, and then the bottom is very you know stable and sturdy for shipping. For shipping, so, okay, nice. Yeah. How big is this guy? Um, he's pretty big, so he's he's probably about uh, I would say about six, seven, maybe inches uh -huh. high. Okay. Um, yeah, so he's pretty big. That's cool. And I, I want to show one of your dogs now. Yeah. So people can see. Okay. Can you see this guy? Yes, I can. Yep. His name is, uh, his name is Jake and he actually passed away a couple years ago and the client wanted me to do, um, do a memorial of him. Now oh. he's made out of uh, polymer clay, um, the sculpty. And he, again, he has the tin foil inside him. And uh, yeah. And That's very cool. Yeah. How long ago did you sculpt this guy? Um, I actually just finished him. I, oh. I brought him over too because I didn't know you would have a picture of him. So let me see. Uh, so he's, he's about... Oh, nice size. Yeah. So, uh -huh. yeah, he's a good size. Um, and I just finished him uh, yesterday or the day before. Mm -hmm. um, so I usually can can finish sculpting an animal probably within two days. Oh, from beginning to end? From beginning to end. Mm -hmm. Okay. We have a few comments here. Terry... Morrison say hi from North Carolina. Beverly Martin is say hello from Australia. Uh, it's Wednesday morning there, 6.39, <laughs> very early. Awesome. Uh, and Terry is asking, will you be doing a class at Curious Mondo? The answer is yes, I'll tell about that at the end. So Tiffany, tell me a little bit, how long ago have you started sculpting and was polymer clay your first choice? Um, so actually, no, polymer clay was not my first choice. This polymer clay is, is fairly new for me. Um, I actually picked up sculpting, sculpting cake. Cakes. So I was, yes. So I was a professional um, cake designer and I did that for years and years. And um, I really enjoyed sculpting cakes and, you know, making big three-dimensional um, crazy cakes. Um, and then um, I you know, so many hours go into cakes. And then what happened was I was working a lot of hours. I ended up getting into a car accident and broke my back and then mm. ended up picking up polymer clay while I was um, recovering. Uh -huh. So everything happens for a reason. I truly believe that. And um, yeah, I just, it was a match made in heaven. I absolutely loved working with clay after that. And just never stopped. And what happened was I ended up um, going with clay full time and stopped doing cakes. So. For how long did you do cakes? Oh my goodness, probably, probably like 10 years. I, oh. I've been doing it for quite some time. Um, it was, I, I started right after my son was born and he's 12 now, he'll be 13. So That's cool. I, I started right after that. So yeah. I want to show it them one of your cakes because it's really amazing. Thank uh, you. It's a red dragon, I believe. Yes. Look at this. Yeah. He was absolutely gorgeous to do. I really, really enjoyed him. Um, he was actually a groom's cake that I did. 
um, for the company that I was working for. And um, his wings, and you can see the paper, was made out of um, rice paper. Wow. And the dragon on top was all Rice Krispie treats. So mm -hmm. he was completely edible. That's so cool. How long did it take yeah. you to create that? He, so I started on the dragon. So the, the bottom, the book pot was one day. And then the dragon took me about probably two days to complete. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So, so he was the, a lot of fun. the material that you used to sculpt the cake is, uh, I was trying to remember the name. What do you use as the main component? So for sculpting the cake, you have to make sure that it's, it's a very dense cake to sculpt it. But then once you're sculpting the things that are on top of it, you would use um, fondant. Mm -hmm. So fondant, yes. or yeah, fondant or gum paste. Okay. Gum paste dries a lot harder than fondant does, but um, a lot of people like you can't really eat gum paste. So, <laughs> and we were talking a little bit before we we started doing the live streaming. How much would a cake like this sell for? So depending on the business and where you're located, so it's all it's all location. Um, a cake like that would sell completely different in New York than you would in Rhode Island. Mm -hmm. So depending on that, but for if you're buying it in Rhode Island, it would probably be around seven to eight hundred. Mm -hmm. Now we were talking also that the problem with this is you spent two days making this cake and it's gone with a bite. Yeah, that's another reason why I actually moved towards sustainable artwork is because I liked the idea of my art lasting for more than a weekend, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Or a, a couple of hours. So that cake took almost, you know, how many hours, 72 hours of my life. And then it's gone within, you know, that wedding. So, mm -hmm. I mean, you'll always have the pictures. Yes. But you know, it's nothing it's like not seeing it. In yeah. So that jump for you. So from sculpting cakes to making sculptures to sell the uh, the finished piece as well How, was it scary for you oh it was completely it was terrifying and it was it was a jump that took years um you know i i know a lot of artists that probably feel the same way i i get a lot of questions you know when do you know is the right time to jump and you know how do i know you don't know you know you you just have to you believe that you can do it and, you know, and work hard and be open to what comes your way. Um, I'm, I'm completely commission based, so I never know what comes my way. If I feel I can do it, I'll do it. And if not, then I know a lot of other artists that will be happy to help them. Mm -hmm. um, but the jump literally took years to do. Um, but this year I was like, I can do this. I, I'm confident enough. I have enough, you know, I have enough background mm -hmm. to allow myself to do this and um, my family was totally on board and yeah and so I made the jump and and I'm completely happy and I'm, I'm it was the best thing I've ever done mm -hmm. so. I believe so now when you you finally said okay this is the year jump done did mm -hmm. you have a complete plan in your mind what you had to do not only how many sculptures you have to make, how you're going to sell, what's going to be your market. Did you have that or you just trusted your guts? I trusted my guts in a lot of things, but I also put 
a price cap on myself. So I said to myself, I have to at least make part-time pay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I can make part-time pay a week, you know, then I'm good. Mm-hmm. You know, if I make more than that, that's awesome. You know, and I have a, a lot of awesome fans and, and support and they've been helping me through the whole process. Um, but if I was making, you know, part-time pay, then I was like, you know what, I can do this. And, mm-hmm. and I was booked up enough where it was allowing me to go ahead and um, be part-time pay. That's cool. So before I ask you about your marketing mm-hmm. and sales process, let's show a few more pieces that you create and the process that you used. Let's see, it's coming. So that's another dragon. That's not a cake, right? No, that's not a cake. <laughs> nope. I actually have a lot of people. I, I've been commissioned to to do a lot of cake. I mean, a lot of sculptures that look like the cake. So this one right here is made out of um, the dragon is out of polymer clay, and then the base is out of the um, the poly. Um, I'm sorry, the magic sculpt. Okay. Yeah. That's very cool. Let's see another one. Your dogs are my favorite, by the way. I love dragons, but the dogs are really cute. <laughs> I know. I really I love them. They're so sweet. Uh-huh. Um, again, he's made out of polymer clay. And for this one, I wanted to do a, something a little special for her. Um, he was very fluffy. And he the the pictures the pictures that she gave me just I, I just couldn't do it without adding fluff because he was so fluffy and had fluffy. these big fluffy ears. So what I did was I just added a little bit of um, fake fur around mm-hmm. the ears and around the little um, feet. So normally you work the whole fur process on the polymer clay. This one you made an exception there. Yeah, but, okay. exactly. Very yeah. cool. Let's see one more. I think it's just Chihuahua, right? Or yes. a picture? Yep. Yes, Chihuahua. Yep. He was, he was so sweet, <laughs> little sassy guy. Um, so again, polymer, it's all polymer clay. Um, and then you just do different textures in the fur. And mm-hmm. that's what I did for under his little neck. That's very cool. Under her the, little neck. I love the, the direction of the fur, how you give. Thank so you. do you use a specific scale for them or? So, n- it has to fit on the base that I buy. So I buy like this particular base right here, mm-hmm. I believe is five to six inches. So depending on the, um, depending on what position the client wants, I'll make it so it fits onto the base. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me show, I have, I have that breed, so I wanna show that one. Let me see. it's a Pomerania, correct? <laughs> Uh, mine is a psychopath by the way it's called mr oats (laughs) oh that's so cute (laughs) um yeah he was a lot of fun um but yeah the client wanted wanted them laying down so i decided to go ahead and do that and they had that little like you know sassy yes mine does that all the time (laughs) he crosses the legs like i'm so important (laughs) exactly yeah yep it's very and i wanted to portray that you know Mm -hmm. Tell me, give me an idea of how much you sell your dogs for. So my dogs are all 200 plus mm-hmm. shipping. Okay. Um, 
I'm planning on probably going up a little more um, next year. Not much though. And how my how my process works when mm. it comes to clients is um, I do 50% down mm-hmm. when booking and then the final payment when it's done. When it's so, done. Nice. Yeah. And if clients have, you know, uh, if, if they need me to help them out with, you know, payment plan or whatever, I'm always open to that. You, I feel like you have to be, especially what in this day and age. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Uh, Bree Tree saying, hi, ladies, the artwork is beautiful. Thank you. So do you have a polymer clay that you use the most that is your favorite or it doesn't matter to you? No, I do use, I use the Sculpey. The Sculpey um, more? Yeah, and I use the, I'm trying to see if I have one over here. I don't. Um, and it's the beige one. Um, mm-hmm. You can use the firm one. The firm one gets a lot of really nice detail. The, that's the gray one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just use the beige one. It's It comes in a big block. Yeah. Of, I, I buy it in the, I think it's eight pound. Mm-hmm. So I buy it there. And the way I can kind of estimate is it's one block per pup or okay. cat. Okay, okay, so. nice. That's cool. And uh, you use paint. Uh, is it a dry brush acrylic or do you use something else? Yes, no, I use, um, I just use acrylic paint, any kind that you get in the hobby mm-hmm. store, it depends on what, what's your favorite brand. And then what I do when I'm painting is I do a base coat and then on top of that, that's when I'll start adding layers. So I'll do a base coat, a wash, and then if I want it a little darker, I'll wash in other different spots. Mm-hmm. And then I will go in and then I'll start dry brushing the um, highlights. That's cool. At the very end is when you can go in and you can take a really fine brush and you can put in the little tiny hairs and uh-huh. get the That's little details. Cool. Yeah. We have Noemi Smith. I, I don't know if you know her, but she's an amazing sculptor as well. And she she does amazing pieces with polymer clay and air dry clay. Mm-hmm. Tiffany Flanagan, nice to see you here. Your voice is cute. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> now, Tiffany, you basically yeah. work with commissions. Is that correct? Correct. So this is something interesting because a lot of artists actually hate taking commissions, right? They do every now and then, but it's not their favorite part. I'm sure it's not my favorite part. Tell me a little well, bit about you, about this. Well, I feel like, so I do all kinds of things. If, if a lot of people that follow me will, will see that I'm kind of all over the board as an artist, um, but I kind of stay within a certain genre. So a lot of my things are fantasy, um, horror, um, macabre, um, animals. <laughs> um, so I, I kind of bring in that clientele. So a lot of people that are coming to me, you know, are looking for fantasy art or, or animals, you know. So when I'm commissioned to do animals, I absolutely love them and think they're adorable. So it doesn't bother me taking commissions. Now, I kind of schedule myself where um, it allows me a little time to do my own stuff. Because I feel like as an artist, you can get very consumed by being overworked with commissions. Mm -hmm. And while that allows you to grow, but when you're doing a couple of your own pieces, it allows you to grow personally. You know what I mean? 
inside. Mm -hmm. So I'll do a, a couple of pieces here and there um, th for myself. And I feel like you have to do that. Yes, I think so too. That's fun. How many pieces a year do you usually make out of commission, for commission? So this year I'm pretty much booked up um, and I have probably close to 20 to 30 commissions going. Going right now? So, wow. Yeah. You're busy. Um, I am very busy. <laughs> and I, you know, I tell people right out, um, you know, I don't like to rush commissions, so it might take longer than estimated because mm -hmm. I feel like everyone deserves their own time and their own, you know, 100% of my time into that commission. So it, sometimes it might run a little over. Especially because I think in the case of dogs, I know you, you mm. take commission on other projects as well, but there is a high emotion involved with everybody's pets, right? So I think it the is. responsibility is like, oh my gosh, it's their beloved pet. Yeah, and it's, it's a lot of, it can get stressful sometimes. And, and just, I just, more on myself, like I want to make it where that personality comes out, you know? So it, it's important for me to, you know, put the head right or put the little body postures right. You know what I mean? And I actually walk my clients through the entire process. Mm -hmm. So you'll see a lot, a lot of times on my feed, I'll be, I'll be putting a lot of work in progress photos and I'll also be sending those to the clients. So mm -hmm. I like to have my clients involved at pretty much at all times because if they see something that they don't like, I don't want them to tell me at the end where there's nothing I can really do about it. Mm -hmm. So I like to have them involved and, you know, be along the ride. And they love that. They really enjoy that. Yes, I bet. I bet. I'm going to show now a little guide that you have sculpted. Yes. Tell me a little bit about him. So he measured approximately eight inches high. And he was for a client that wanted his his father as a hobbit. So <laughs> the family really loved the hobbit, you know, and they have there's a lot of backstory to to them and that whole hobbit scene. Um, so he wanted me to go and do his father as as a hobbit, and so that was really really fun. So he gave me complete, um, you know, create creativity um but there was a few things that he wanted so he wanted um like he wanted the flower he wanted the cane um he wanted certain things put in in it um no matter how how i put it in he just wanted different things so mm -hmm. i was like okay and again i walked him through the entire process he absolutely loved that the father was completely overjoyed by it that's cool and yeah so now this guy he actually is completely made out of the magic sculpt which is the um two pot resin okay. epoxy clay um the only thing that is not is his face because with the um epoxy clay you have a very short window to work in so mm. you have approximately two hours to work in and you have to work fast so i feel like putting pressure on myself to for a two hour window for faces gets mm -hmm. really, you know, I, I don't like to do that. So I just, I use the clay, the polymer clay for faces. But what was your decision process to use the epoxy for the body instead of working with clay? Because well, it's a small I, I, figure. You said eight inches, right? Yeah. He was yeah. about, he was about this high. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
I really like to work the, with the epoxy clay. If given a choice, I would work with the epoxy clay. Um, but it it's it's harder. So mm -hmm. it for me, it's it's more of a peace of mind that it's going to like completely be hard as a rock, and mm -hmm. um, it's just it's just fun to work with. I really I really enjoy it. And it doesn't, it, you know, I don't have to bake it at a certain time and have to worry about, you know, the temperatures. You just mix it up and, and done and dries. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, I want to show some cats just so cat lovers don't feel left <laughs> out because you, you also make several of those, right? Which, which yeah. are your favorites, your personal favorite, cats or dogs? Well, I'm a huge cat lady. Um, <laughs> I love cats over pups but it's just more of a personal preference but i love doing dogs more than i do cats, more than cats, cats? Are harder. they're harder for me i, I have it's hard to make their little little beanie heads <laughs> <laughs> so we have one here that I, I think is a work in progress for you yes mm -hmm. yes yep so i as you can see i used this sculpey firm with this uh -huh. particular one okay and i i believe i was bulking out the body this is very rough. And then I was doing the eye placements because it's kind of important where you put the eyes. Do you use glass eyes for your creatures? I, I do not. I use ball bearings. Oh, so really? You can, yeah. Yeah, because they don't... Um, I, I really like them better when baking. Mm -hmm. So I, I, there are a lot of times where I've used like resin, like little beads, and it just mm -hmm. wasn't, wasn't no. great. So. Uh -huh. I, I like the ball bearings and they come in so many different sizes and they're very easy to get. Uh-huh. That's very cool. Okay. We have a question here. Guess 373. Uh, you use various different sculpting mediums. How do you d determine per project? What's the best to use? So all of my animals are done in um, sculpting. So they're the polymer clay. And the reason why I like that is because it does not give me um, a time constraint. So it allows me, there's plenty of times where I will get a certain pose and I'm not quite happy with it. Now, if I was using the epoxy clay, there's no going back. But with the polymer clay, because of course it doesn't harden until you bake it, there's a lot of room for movement. There's a lot of room for adjustment. So if I have a piece that I really know, you know, needs adjustments because, you know, there's a lot of times where I'll finish a pup and I just want his head tilted just a little bit. So in order to get that, like, hey, mom, hey, dad, you know, look. So I will make sure that I don't bake it until I'm completely happy with it. Mm -hmm. So do you usually, depending on the the sculptor we interview some sculptors they like to work the whole time with the soft clay and bake once and others mm -hmm. they do in several many many batches layers what's your yeah. process my process is one and done so my process <laughs> is from start to finish i will do it all and then it gets baked at the same time mm -hmm. now a lot of different art you know depending on what artist everybody has their own process for me, I always found it was it it was harder to get the same consistency constantly baking multiple times mm -hmm. because you're constantly baking the internal um, polymer clay. You're getting it back up to temperature. It for me, I never had success for it with it, 
but that doesn't mean, I mean, someone can totally have it down pat perfectly. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I just do one and done bake it when it's done. (laughs) That's good. That's kind of my motto too. We have another (laughs) question. Do you ever struggle with having a sculpting block? If so, how do you deal with that and get past it? Um, yes, all the time. There could be, um, there could be times where I'm just not feeling it. Um, everybody has those days. Everybody will have those weeks. Everybody will have those months. So the way I feel about it is it's just, I don't get mad about it. I walk away. I, you know, have a cup of tea, have a cup (laughs) of coffee. Uh, You know, if I don't feel completely creative, I'll just rest because it, for me, it's more or less my brain needs a rest from that creative flow because I've been in it so much. Mm-hmm. So, but a lot of times, like I will pick up a pen and paper and I'll start doodling and that will, or I'll start listening to um, like creative music. So I'll put on different brain waves music mm-hmm. to help me kind of relax and, and boost my brain waves back into that, that flow. So, you know, sometimes it just requires rest, to be honest with you. And and don't be ashamed of that. That just is what it is. And if you're on a time constraint, then yes, that can be really not fun. Um, And so you're going to have to get yourself back up into it and and be like, it is what it is. I just got to work through it. Um, But I always like to rest for at least, you know, 15 minutes or so Mm -hmm. just to kind of get yourself Let the brain breathe, right? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's very it's very tiring, mm-hmm. and a lot of your of your um, followers will probably understand this. It's and you understand this. It's very exhausting to mm-hmm. be an artist. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it might not be exhausting on the body, but it's exhausting on the brain. Mm-hmm. And, it is. And it's it's very tiring. At the end of the day, you're just you're tired. Mm-hmm. And add that uh, another layer that you are creating a piece for somebody else as well. Uh, yeah. In this case, they, they know that they are going to get the piece and there is all that responsibility that you have to make them happy at the end. Yeah. And luckily, I have amazing clients and I have amazing fans. But if there's someone who's very very adamant about certain things, so there'll be people that say, oh, well, I want... I want this particular piece to look exactly like my, I'm just using, for example, my daughter. Well, let's be honest, I'm not a portrait artist. So mm-hmm. I'm not ashamed to tell them I'm, I'm probably not the best option for you. Um, and then I will pass it on to someone else that is a great portrait artist because portrait artistry is not my favorite. So mm-hmm. if I feel like I have a very um, demanding client, that is looking for something that is looks exactly like, you know, the person. And it's for and somebody else. It's for someone else. And, and yeah. that's okay. You know, I'll pass it along and that's what good. goes around comes around. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Terry is asking, what do you use to get accurate proportions on your animal sculpts? So I have a, a book that I use and I will... Um, bring this with me to the class but I really like this dog inside encyclopedia so I have a dog one and I have a cat one (laughs) um and a lot of a lot of the um the animals that I do are either I'm just looking online at different examples and then I completely eyeball it there's no 
you know, if you can get um, a bone structure PDF, that mm -hmm. would or there'll be different like bone structures for different breeds of animals, then I would say totally go with that um, because then you can make your armature to look like that particular breed. But mm -hmm. sometimes you're not going to be able to find that. So you're going to have to completely eyeball it. Is and there a usually breed, it's right. Is there a breed you don't like to sculpt? Um, I think the, I, they're, they're all, I love to sculpt all of them, but I think the the ones that are the harder ones for me are like the chihuahuas. The chihuahuas. Because they have, yeah, they have that just like that round beanie head. And again, like the cats, <laughs> they have that like just big head and like the big eyes. So it's, for me, it's like, I just wanted to make it perfect because <laughs> their little faces are so darn cute. Mm -hmm. So I feel like those are the harder ones for me. Um, but all the fluffier ones are the easier ones, I, right. I gotta tell you. Yeah. Uh, we have here guest 373. How do you price your work? So I price my, I'm a little under right now. And that's only because of, um, I want to get my portfolio pretty much up and running with the pups. Mm -hmm. um, but the way I, I work it is I, I make a certain price per, um, per hour. So it's more hourly. So I like, okay, well, I, two days, I make a hundred dollars a day for mm -hmm. me. That's, that's, you know, that's good. So mm -hmm. I go with that. Okay. Tell me a little bit about your marketing process. You mentioned several times that you have your fans. So I'm going to assume you're using social media a lot. So tell me what do you do, do to get your name out there. Um, so I use Instagram and Facebook all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, so I constantly post probably twice to three times a day. Um, the reason why I completely blew up with my fan base was because of that dragon cake. Oh. And it completely went viral. So thank my lucky stars that it did. And it allowed me to kind of go out and, and show a lot of people my work. And mm -hmm. it was great because it opened the doors for so many other fans and clients. And, you know, it was, it was an awesome blessing to happen. So mm -hmm. that's, that's where I got lucky there. Um, but mostly I get all of my commission um, and a lot of my, my work from Facebook, strictly mm -hmm. Facebook. Um, so you know, if they like what it is or like what I'm doing, I'll get clients that way. Do you participate in bazaars or galleries or something like that? Um, so no. And the only reason is, is because I'm commission based mm -hmm. and I don't have a lot of back stock. So it's hard for me to go into, you know, a bazaar and try to sell stuff that I don't mm -hmm. really have. Um, I was doing the Comic-Cons. I uh -huh. did a Comic-Con and I did an, another um, con. Um, that was a lot of fun. Um, I took my own personal stuff. So it was all of my Docker stuff. Mm -hmm. And people loved it. But, you know, will I do it again? Maybe with different items. Not, mm -hmm. not with my personal, like, you know, Docker stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, because I'm just all over the board with, um, with art that I do so right. you know I'll probably figure out a way where I can just do little sculptures and then uh -huh. go to them with that so 
that's good. And it's a lot of work too, especially one of the cons, yes. I mean. It is, it, it's yeah. a lot of work. And depending on what you're bringing, you know, it's, and I, of course, like I always go over the top and I'm like, you know, do this and do that. And so it's just, it's just too much work, yeah. so. <laughs> I agree with you. You know, uh, years ago, maybe, I don't know, five or six years ago, I went all the way from California, so I'm based in Utah, and I went all the way to California for a designer con. And I had all these thoughts in my head, what was going to sell and not. I didn't sell one single piece. And that was devastating because, yeah. you know, I thought I knew the kind of audience that would be there and what they would, and I was totally wrong. It was, the fault is on my end, not, not the... The, the ferry itself, but it's still you think, okay, the amount of time, the setup that you take, it, 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 it takes yeah. a lot from you. It does, and it's never as it seems. So I went to one Comic-Con and um, the thing that sold was a small little felted animal, like creatures, mm -hmm. and it, they, they flew off the shelves, which I didn't think that that would go. Yeah. But they loved it, and so, you know, you never know. It's just... <laughs> yep, it's always a mystery. Let me show one is. more cat, because it's adorable. So cat lovers <laughs> will say, oh my gosh, it's so cute. Look at this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Typical of a cat to sit on your couch right? and start looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> he was so cute. And again, he was made out of polymer clay. Um, he had a tinfoil um internal structure um, with this guy I did not use wiring for him because he was slightly smaller and because he was laying on top of the box I didn't need to do that so I just <laughs> used I bolted bolted up the um, the cat with tinfoil okay. and then I sculpted along with that that's cool how, how big is that cat um he was on a five inch base so okay. he was probably about four inches now, Tiffany, how do you sell your work? So you're using social media to market yourself. And yes. the moment you decided to quit cake making, that's the moment the picture became viral, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Kind of <laughs> yep. And so, so how do you sell your work? I sell my work completely uh, by online Facebook. I do have a website and I occasionally get, you know, people... Uh, looking for items on the website, but it's only because they saw me on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So for me, for me, I have a lot more followers on Facebook than I do on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So I have a huge amount of people that follow, which allows me to sell easily on that. Mm -hmm. Do I use, um, like, do I use the boosting thing or do I, I pay for advertising? I do not. Mm -hmm. I should, and maybe that would get a lot more, but right now I'm not at the point where I need to do that. Yeah, or you so. would be disappointed. There's two sides to that. Yeah. It, it's interesting because I, I belong to a lot of groups, especially here in town, and so I know a lot of artists, and there are tons of them that they do not want to use Facebook for all reasons, mm -hmm. including you know the breaches that it, they happen. But what I see as a business owner is that we have a high concentration of artists on Facebook right now and a high concentration of buyers there as well. So we see more and more uh, artists that are making a living 
by connecting yeah. with them on that on this platform yeah this platform seems to be my go-to um yeah you're going to get a lot of you're going to get a lot of people that are just asking and there's going to be a lot of people that are just strange mm -hmm. and you know you you get that with anything so you just have to filter that 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 client not clientele but you've got to filter those people out mm -hmm. and but you know nine out of ten times my my clients are coming from facebook do you have a specific age that makes your ideal client or you get all across the board? I get probably, I get all across the board, but mostly I get um, between probably 30 and 50. Mm -hmm. So between 30 and 50, uh, a lot of the people are coming to me because, you know, their pets have passed away and, you know, they saw my pieces and, you know, maybe they like the way that my price structure is and how I, how I, uh, my pay, how I get paid. So it's not a huge commitment and mm -hmm. it, you know, it allows them to have time to save up for the other half. Um, but I would say probably within that, that age range. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Now I know you like to also do other things. I've seen some drawings that you make. So what other things do you use to create? Um, so I, I do draw and I use, um, I've been doing the doodle a night kind of attitude where I wanted to get better at drawing. So every night I post a uh, doodle or a drawing um, and I try to get my, my fans to kind of do it with me. So I'm not the only one doing it. Um, and then um, I also do uh, painting. I paint on purses and bags. I paint on um, all kinds of little things. And um, besides sculpting, uh, what else do I do? I mold and cast uh, certain things depending on what it is. Uh -huh. And yeah, so I'm kind of everything. Like, <laughs> I don't good. really, and I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing sometimes because I do so much. It's hard to. Keep you know, last, <laughs> last week we had Stephanie Traw and she was saying that she defines herself as a tinker because yes. she likes to play with everything and, you know, it's she's true. in peace with that. So I think for yeah. most artists it's a way to explore uh, and, and to give a, a, a breathing time to, to your brain it, as well. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I, I definitely, definitely feel like it allows me not to get claustrophobic or you know feel like I'm cornered because when I'm cornered yes. that's when I will be like no I don't want to do this anymore mm -hmm. so it allows me to just to do whatever I feel like doing you know and it, I really enjoy that so having so many interests what keeps your creativity in focus well I don't really have I, I have my days that I am not focused at all I'm not gonna lie <laughs> um it's it's tough, um, but because I work on a commission and a time schedule, it keeps me focused. Mm -hmm. So I know that I need to get certain things done um, during a particular week. Um, when I'm not, like, like at night, if I'm doing, you know, I might be in my studio and I'll be, you know, tinkering and mad scientist kind of stuff, you know, that's all personal stuff. So it's not, it's no pressure. So mm -hmm. I can... I can be very on, you know, I can be not focused at that point. So Got it. you, you mentioned you have a little kid, right? I do. And I do, do you have a specific place in the house where you create, like you have a studio 
or I do. Okay. I do. I have um, an office, uh, just a, another room in the house, and it, I have all of my paints, all of my tools, all of my all of my stuff everywhere. So <laughs> there'll be times where I, I make my way downstairs into the, the, the kitchen, and it's not not. He's like, "Get back up! Get back up!" <laughs> So not not allow the whole family to go in and interrupt whenever they want. Oh, they do. They, they, they do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No my son comes in, you know, and it's it's fun because he, you know, it allows him to be creative too. So it gets him motivated to to kind of draw or to to do something creative. So seeing mom doing it all the time, you know, mm -hmm. opens that door a little bit. Okay. What's your advice for people that are thinking, okay, I'm going to give the jump. I don't know if I should give the jump. Maybe I should keep my day job. What's your advice for them? My advice is that you only live once and you should do it. If you feel like you can do it, try it. It's not like you can't get another job. Mm -hmm. You know, if, try it for three months, six months, give it a go. And if, if you find that, you know, you're just not making it or you just can't sustain yourself and your family, then I would say, you know, get a, get a, a part-time job and, you know, that allows you the, the money so it's not so much, mm -hmm. you know, so much pressure. But, you know, it it's scary. It's a scary jump. But, you know, if you don't take it, then you'll never know. Mm -hmm. So, you know, at some point you have to just believe that you can do it and trust the universe and take the jump, take the leap. <laughs> that's good. That's good advice. I, I agree with you. We, we live once. Why wake up every morning and say, I hate what I do, right? And yeah. that's the, the worst yeah. feeling. What I would say though, it's before you decide, oh, it didn't work for me. I, I jumped and you know, I fell is besides the creation, besides making the pieces, do you know what you have to do to sell? And do you know what you have to do to, to market yourself. Like Tiffany said, yeah. she posts consistently on at least two social me media platforms every day. So you do have a process, correct? For marketing yes, and do. for selling. Because if you just think, because I'm talented, therefore I'm going to sell, you may be fooling yourself, right? Right. And there's a lot of artists out, that, out there that won't use social media. And then, mm -hmm. you know, how are they going to be, how are they going to be seen? Because yeah. Uh, it's it's a double-edged sword, you know, but it allows people to see my work in a completely different, you know, mm -hmm. country. So yep. that's exciting to me. Well, we have here just see. now Miriam from Australia. We have, yes. we know we have people from all over the world and it, it's easy today. Uh, it's not easy the way we do, but anybody has a cell right. phone and can create a live video and reach a right. much larger audience that they could ever think of without spending millions of dollars. Right. Yeah. And it actually opens up a, com uh, a lot of doors for making mm -hmm. money doing other things. I mean, mm -hmm. if you're a sculptor, that's, that's great, but you, you, uh, you, can, you can home your market. You can, you can you mm -hmm. know, find your people. Yeah, find your people. That that's find the final people. words. Find your find your people. <laughs> now, Tiffany, if people want to contact you, get to know more about you, you what you create, you have you really hundreds of pieces you have created already. What do they have to do? So they can go to my Facebook. Um, it's just under my name. It's Tiffany Flanagan. Um, I have 
a, a personal uh, Facebook, but I also have a, a fan page. They can go to either one. Mm-hmm. I, I would suggest going to my um, personal one and just follow. But then I also have Instagram. There's, there's some pictures that I don't post on Facebook that will go on Instagram. Um, my Instagram account is TL Flanagan Art. So they can kind of go over there and check it out, too. And they should. And they should, of course. And don't forget that Tiffany is also coming to Curious Mond in April. I believe it's April 15, 16, and 17. And you will be sculpting dogs, correct? Yes. Yes. Correct. And, of course, we already have the, the registration page for you to watch free at CuriousMondo.com. So check for that. It's going to be yes. super fun days. I can't wait I'm for that. I'm so excited. That's, that's going to be awesome. Thank you so much, Tiffany. I think you have Thank inspired you. a lot of people. And I it's hope always, so. yes, you did. And it's always good, uh, I, personally, I think, good to see artists that do take the jump and face whatever comes their way because it shows people that it's possible, right? To do what you love, create beautiful things, and make money in the process. Right? Correct. Okay. It is. Thank you so much, Tiffany. And thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. Yes. Thank you for being here with us and participating and submitting your comments and questions. We really appreciate that. Remember, this podcast stays wherever you're watching so you can share and you can tell other people, come see this girl, Tiffany. Look at these amazing dogs and cats and everything else that she creates. So tell them to come take a look. And don't forget to join me next week, same time, the same place you are in, with creativityinfocus.com. I'm Shahar Boyayan. Until next week.